Welcome to Wine Girls Uncorked, where emerging sommelier Bellini Becky and wine enthusiast Rosé Ricky sit down to share their love of wine, people, and experiences with each other and with you. In this podcast, you'll hear from wine industry professionals, learn some wine facts, and join Becky and Ricky in sampling wine and wine service products. And don't forget to listen in for our uncorked snippets and interviews from local wine lovers and event attendees. Uncork that bottle of wine and relax with us. So we are with J.P. Pitcock. He is the assistant wine maker here mm-hmm. at Mallow Run. And I've known J.P. for several years. We've had several chats and lots of fun work together. So thanks for being with us, J.P. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, even though you've already taken us on a tour, can you just tell us, our audience, uh, about what you do here? Sure. Uh, I'm the assistant winemaker. I have been here for a little over nine years now. Um, I kind of just fell into this job a little bit. Uh, It goes back to 2008, 2009 financial crisis. I lost two jobs in a matter of five months. Both of them, I received a severance. So I was like, I'm taking the summer off and I'm going to have a summer again. So I had a summer. My wife is a teacher. So she was home too. We had just bought a house. So we worked on the house. I swam at my parents' house a lot, that kind of stuff. She started back to school and then I thought it was time for me to go ahead and start looking for a job again. I'd always had an interest in all things alcohol, like <laughs> the production of it, like how is beer made? How's wine made? How do they distill, you know, whiskey, beer, rum, all that stuff. And so I started just looking for places close to me. And then I saw Mallow Run was just just south of Greenwood. And I was like, how did I not know that was there? So I decided to come down here one day and um, I brought my resume with me. And I remember it, John was working in the tasting room and this was 2009. And um, I gave my resume and I said, "Uh, do you need help? And he said, we do not, but thank you. (laughs) So I said, all right, thank you. And he said, but we do take volunteers to pick grapes at harvest time he's like if you want to put your name on the list you know we'll contact you when that time comes i gave him my name and email address and sure enough they called me and i came out and picked one day and i absolutely loved it i went home sunburnt dehydrated but i was like i absolutely love this they asked if i wanted to come back again try it again i was like yeah absolutely so came back out again the second time and Again, I absolutely loved it. And then they're like, we're going to pick again. I forget what it was, a couple of days or next week or whatever. And I said, I'll, I'll be there. And so I came out the third time to help him pick grapes. And then there was another guy that worked here at the time. Um, he came up to me and he said that they told me to tell you that since you keep coming back, they're just going to pay you now. I was oh. like, okay. So from that point on, <laughs> yeah. So from that point on, um, if they needed something, you know, they would just say, Hey, are you available today to come and help bottle? Or can you do a delivery for us? Or can you help us out in the vineyard, you know, with this or that? So, so just, you know, a day or two here or there started doing it. Um, and then I ended up getting a full-time job in Cincinnati and then I would still come back once or twice a year and help with harvest. Cause I, I still, you know, I still really enjoyed being involved with it. And then in 24, or I guess it was actually 2013, Bill contacted me and said, we have an opportunity if you 
want it full time. And uh, again, we were in Cincinnati. My wife was getting ready to start school back. We had people living in our house here that were renting it. And I told him that as much as I wanted to say yes, I, I can't do it right now. He asked me how long I, um, it would be before I could get here. And this was in August of 2013. He said, and I said, I could be there March of 2014. He said, all right, we'll wait for you. Wow. So they held the position for me. And and uh, I started March of 2014, and I've been here since. That's awesome. I don't think I knew all that, JP. Yeah. Really neat. yeah that's so amazing. It was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about your job? My favorite thing about my job. And maybe you can even talk about all of the things you do. I mean, I think you people may not realize kind of how involved the winemaking process is for you. So Right. Um, well, what I guess got involved got me involved in the first place was going and picking grapes, you know, the harvest portion of it. That part, I don't know that it's my favorite, but I still I really appreciate it. I like to see the grapes come in. I like to see us crush the grapes and you get to see the juice come off and, you know, you do the testing on all that juice. So you get to see it from beginning to end. I really do enjoy that part. One of the other things that I like, and this is, you know, goes to like being out at the store with my kids. If, you know, they see Mallow run wine on the shelf, they're like, you made that. I'm like, yes, I did. So that makes me, you know, proud, you know, that they recognize that. Um, I, I just, I really enjoy working here. I, I'm a little bit of my own boss. I come in and do what I need to do. Bill's always here. If I have questions, you know, with us, you know, if something doesn't smell right to me or doesn't taste right, or, you know, if it's something new we're trying, I've always got him here to, to bounce ideas off of too. So. And that's Bill Richardson, one of the winery yes. owners. Yes. So. Uh, Bill and Laura and John, all three of them have been great to me, you know, um, going back to, I have twins that are eight and a half. Now we had a lot of complications early on with that. And so, uh, they have been super flexible with my schedule, you know, needing to go to doctor appointments and therapies and all that stuff with, with our son. So, so they've been great to work for. And I mean, it's also a gorgeous place to come and look at every day. So. You know, it, it doesn't get old seeing the sunsets out here over the vineyard, you know, and it's nice coming in in the morning. I'm usually the first one here, so it's super quiet. You know, nothing's going on. You know, I get to see it all. So it's definitely a farm winery. Yes. What, they, is, what are some of the like not so glamorous parts of your job? Like <laughs> <laughs> um, so I get asked this question actually a lot, and people don't realize it that the winemaking is probably 50% of the job. The other part of winemaking is cleaning. We clean constantly. You clean tanks and sanitize them before you put anything in them. And then once you take them out, you're cleaning and sanitizing again. You're cleaning the floors out here constantly. Like it's just, you're cleaning all the time because you don't want the juice or the wine to be introduced to anything that could, you know, turn it bad or put, bad smells or taste in it or whatever. Well, so as a consumer, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, well, thank you. But yeah, so a lot of cleaning, lots of cleaning. So um, I'm trying to think of what else. I'm sure there's something I'm not thinking of. Parking cars. <laughs> oh, for the concerts. Yes. 
parking cars as a as a I did it for a little bit this past Saturday for hair bangers, but we had enough people out there that I got to come back here and help with running wine everywhere. But yeah, it's a it's definitely a test of patience when you're helping people try to park their cars. So, uh, people like me who can't naturally park anyway. Yeah. One of the other things that I can think of is um, uh, another thing that most people don't know about the vines is the vines get cut back every year. The vines, we leave two to three buds on each shoot or spur. Um, and all of that is done in the winter. So January, February, March, we're out in the vineyard pruning. So those days can be extremely cold and long as well. So, and then it all grows back every year. So. No idea. Mm-hmm. You've been here, what, nine, almost 10 years now? Yeah. Getting there? Mm -hmm. um, how have you seen like some of the technology change or, or have you? And, and do you see anything coming down the pike that might change some winemaking? Um, honestly, I, I don't think I've seen the technology change too much. Um, we also do things in a very non-technical manner. I think you go out to California and you have your much larger wineries. I think they have a lot more technology implemented than what we do. You saw our filler back there for bottling. It's gravity fed. We do five bottles at a time. You know, uh, there's some other wineries that I've heard of that are cranking out like four pallets of wine in an hour. And that's, that would take us five or six hours. So there's more technology out there, uh, you know, beyond what we have. How much it's changed, honestly, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they're doing anything with this or not, but the one thing I think about that I'd like to see, you know, somebody work with is, I don't know if you've heard of CRISPR technology, but it's where they can edit genes. And I would like to see them do something with grapevines or grapes to, to make them either more cold, cold hardy or make varieties somehow like Cab or Merlot be able to be grown in the Midwest, because you know we can't grow those varieties here. We have to either buy the juice, the wine, or the grapes yeah. from the regions that can grow it. Um, the other one that I don't know if you guys have heard much about all this the the AI and the Chat GBT. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if that would come into play somehow. If you could, you know, I don't know how much wine data there is out there. I'm yeah. assuming there's a lot, but if you could like punch in like. Okay, we harvested on this date. Here's here's our acidity level. Here's our sugar level. Here's you know a bunch of other you know testing stats. Be like, okay, what's the best way forward? What oak do we use? What yeast yeah. do we use? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it'd be interesting if somebody's using AI to help in those yeah. terms. I, I mean, that might eliminate needing me, but it'd be interesting yeah. to see. <laughs> no. so. I feel like your job's pretty secure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, Winemaking is, I believe, around a 6,000-year-old industry. So hopefully there's some job security in it. So. Uh, well, I know you personally, and we've had lots of conversations about your kids and wife, and um, you mentioned your family earlier. So, you know, and I know that the winery owners here have been really flexible with you, but how, I mean, you work, Tori, your wife works, you've got three busy kids. So how do you like make that all fit together? Especially like you were out here on Saturday and you know, how does that all fit together for you? Yes. Um, 
Well, I always go back to the saying that it takes a village and uh, we have a great village around us. You know, the grandparents help out. The kids are getting older, so they're going over and having play dates and spending the night with friends. So they're a little more independent now. So it's just, you know, a lot of people that come around and help us out and take the kids where they need to go. This past uh, winter, January through March, we had basketball, softball, plays, therapies. You know, there's three of them, three kids and two of us. So we're outnumbered, you know, big time. So how old are they right now? Uh, my oldest daughter is 10 and a half and then the twins are now eight and a half. So, yeah, yeah, they're into a lot of activities. So we're trying to limit how much they do because it's just, it's too much. Especially coming up with uh, August and September, those are our harvest months. And that could mean me being here. 12, 16 hours a day because it's just, it's so intensive and so much to to get processed. And once those grapes get picked, they got to be taken care of pretty quickly. So we can't just have them sitting around. Yeah. So, so pretty much August 1st, I tell my wife, I'll see you in October. <laughs> so. Now, um, I'm pretty familiar with the wines you have here, but can you mm-hmm. tell our listeners what wines uh, Milo Run makes? Sure. Uh, right now, we actually have quite a few varieties. I think the other day I counted were at like 24. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to hit some of the highlights. I don't know that I can remember all 24 yeah, off the top of my yeah. head. Um, well, the one that uh, we say uh, keeps the lights on and pays the bills is rhubarb. We're very well known for our rhubarb wine which was when I first started coming here, they told me that, you know, so 10 years ago, it was like, like, or 2009. So 14 years ago, they're like, the rhubarb wine is really popular and very good. And I was like, rhubarb, are you kidding me? Like, I don't believe it. I tried it. I was like, holy cow, this is really good. Um, So rhubarb is by far most popular. um, And that's uh, here at the the tasting room and um, wholesale. Um, our second most popular, and sometimes now it's even competing with rhubarb is number one, is our catawba. It's a sparkling catawba. That has become extremely popular. Uh, the hairbanger crowd really liked that one as well. Uh, I guess people like the sweetness with their bubbles, you know. Yeah. So. And it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. we needed something cold. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, seasonally right now, um, we have our hard cider. It's in a can. We have a mobile canning company that comes in and sets up and we're able to can here. Um, So that one is also really popular. Um, And again, depending on the weekend, uh, like we just had our strawberry fest. So the strawberry wine was super popular, you know, for a couple of weeks. We have our red, white and blueberry fest coming up soon, which we we have blueberry wine already, but we're getting ready to release our blueberry cider this week. So that'll be available. Uh, starting Friday, um, we started a sycamore series, which is all wine made from grapes that we planted in 2016 over at the Sycamore. And I think Becky was part of that. You were out there, hands and knees, 
putting those vines in the ground, putting the dirt back in. Yes, we. Uh, I think we planted just shy of four acres over there. Oh, I did not take so, part in that many, but uh, <laughs> it's like maybe one day. Yeah, so we have. And the Sycamore, just for our listeners, is the event venue that's affiliated with Mallow Run here. Mm -hmm. um, great for weddings, showers, family gatherings, all kinds of things. So, a lot of graduation parties, um, uh, corporate events they have over there now, too, as well. And it's nice and picturesque over there, too, because yeah, we do have the grapevines. Yes, yeah. people yeah. love to have their pictures with grapevines. Yes. So. I've been to two weddings there. It was, yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they get the sunset over the vines. Like it's, it's, it's perfect. Yep. <laughs> um, do you make a variety? So you talked a little bit about some of the sweet wines, mm -hmm. but what's the kind of, you know, how do you kind of reach the palates of everybody here? Um, well, we do. We offer red, white, blush, cider, dry, semi-sweet, sweet. So almost anything you can think of, we we do have it. That that brings us back to the twenty four varieties that we're currently offering. Um, I think you guys said you were trying the the dry rosé right now. Um, the other one right now that I I'm kind of proud of and that I like is our new Corot Noir rosé. That was all grown here um, over here in front of the winery, and um, we made it a semi sweet. It was it was pretty good as a dry, but since we already had a dry rosé, we're like, all right, we need to mix it up a little bit and so it's a semi-sweet i think it was three percent sugar which is not too too sweet but enough to make it nice and refreshing on a 90 degree day you know so um so that one i i really like so that's how we mix it up just like got dry we got sweet you know yeah. red white blush and i think that's a big thing for a lot of people in indiana because obviously like everywhere, there's people that have a wide variety of tastes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think Indiana wineries are notorious for sweet wines, which Malron has a lot of sweet wines to like mm -hmm. match that. That's what sells. That's what's mm -hmm. popular. Yep. But um, I think, you know, there are people like, I think Ricky and I more lean towards dry wines. Mm -hmm. But we were perfectly happy the other day drinking yeah. our Pinot Grigio yeah. and our dry rosé of Syrah. So, yeah. um, you know, I feel like there yeah. is a, a wine for everybody here. Absolutely. And I think we tend to see people start off with the really sweet wine. And then once they kind of get acclimated to that, they'll be like, okay, let's, let's try something else. And they'll, they'll go to a semi-sweet. I was that way. Yeah. I, I'm pretty much just wanting a, a cab or a Zinfandel right now. That's all I drink mostly. You Wait, do you have one? We don't have any of those right now. <laughs> we do have one called fusion that I like a lot. It's a, yeah. uh, it's a blend with mostly, I think the biggest variety in that is Petite Syrah. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. My wife was the same way. She, she really liked our sparkling Catawba, which is very sweet. I associate that with her. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> and now the other day she opened a bottle. She's like, this is too sweet. And I'm like, all right, your taste buds are changing. Uh, so, yeah. so she's needing some drier wine now. Yeah, we definitely have a sweet tooth here in the Midwest, I think. Yeah, that's interesting. And I wonder what causes that to change or when it does or if it ever does. Because I kind of cut my teeth on the sweeter wine. Mm -hmm. I don't know when that switch got flipped, but eventually I was like, you know, this is a little too sweet for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it's hard to go back. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I find that when I do work one of the concerts and we've just been out here, you know, running back and forth and we've walked 10 miles between the buildings all evening and it's 90 degrees. I actually do like something a little sweeter and cold, you know, just a, it's a little more refreshing and relaxing after a day like that. But. And is this, you have your regular hard cider, is that still run a little bit drier? Yeah, it's very dry. Yeah, I've always liked that because that kind of fits the bill for me mm -hmm. sometimes too. And I know we were out here, we were doing some interviews with people, just some random little interviews. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were like, I wish they had beer. Um, but like, I think the cider, it's since it's yeah. dry as a nice, mm -hmm. like that rounds that out a little bit for those people that would rather have a beer. And I did see, like you said, it was one mm -hmm. of the most popular sellers over the weekend. So. Well, being licensed as a farm winery, we can only sell our wine. Um, people aren't even allowed to bring in, you know, outside alcohol of any kind. So part of the thinking with the, the hard cider was to capture the beer drinkers, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, because people always ask if we have beer and we, it's like, no, we don't. But we have cider, you know, give it a try. And Some, you don't have time to start making beer. Yeah. right? No, 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 that. Going back to technology, the cloning technology is not there yet to make another one of me. So, maybe so. in the future they'll add on another little room and that'll be Maybe we are we are tight on space. I'm not sure if you saw the new building out there. I haven't so. gone in there. Is that like open for? It's TV? not done yet. They uh, they still have a little bit of work on the outside to do, and then they still got to pour their concrete. And but what's going to go in there? Uh, that's just going to be mostly storage to help free up room with the buildings here so we can so then what will go in what we used to call the hen house <laughs> so what we're hoping we still call it the hen house okay. <laughs> um what will go in there we'll keep the empty bottles in there like we currently do but we're also going to ho hopefully have space for more bottled wine so we're going to insulate it and then heat and cool it so we can keep it temperature controlled year-round over there so the goal is to hopefully open up space back there and you know going back to technology again hopefully get an actual bottling line of some sort so yeah that would be nice i was yeah. out in california in february with a group of wine travelers and there was a winery that reminded me a lot of mellow run and they let us they let us see their bottling line and i was like yeah. it's actually pretty similar to like what mellow run it may have, have maybe had i probably took some pictures to send to bill i don't know if i sent them but like I was like, this is very similar. Like, this is, it was kind of cool. Just, you know, yeah. in a whole other place that, you know, oh, California wines. But yeah. they make great wines and did things kind of the same way. <laughs> cool. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it kind of adds to the art form of it. I don't know. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm old, old school. <laughs> well, I think we went so long doing it this way that we just adapted, you know, with the volume. Because since I've been here, our sales have gone up. We have more concerts, more events, you know, the Sycamore is now over there. So we just kind of rolled with it. And then, you know, we, you see these other wineries are actually smaller than us. And it's like, Oh wait, they have a bottling line. It's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Really the game. yeah. Um, I'm not going to steal your famous question. That's okay. I was going to say, look to the other one first. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was a really cool story. How you landed here. But, mm -hmm. I mean, who would have thought that something like, first of all, that they pulled a job for you like that? That's amazing. I know. But if that hadn't happened, if you had to go back into the corporate world or whatever, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Uh, that's a good question. 
before I started here, I was, I had, I guess, a career in like logistics and uh, distribution, also some uh, project management with a company. So I guess I'd be doing something along those lines. But I don't Is that know. Your passion, though, like do you have another passion that you would have pursued, maybe. Probably not. <laughs> no. Maybe bourbon. <laughs> I was gonna say the, the other pursuits would have been beer or, or yeah, some sort of yeah. distilled spirit. Yeah. Because so. as, as you're getting right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I my brothers and I have actually done some home brewing. We made a few batches of beer. Um, they turned out all right. You know. So over time, I think we could have gotten okay with it, but. <laughs> Did you uh, like science when you were in school? Because I feel like there's a lot of science in your job. Were you a science guy? Um, depends on the science. Ironically, um, with the testing over here, it's it's chemistry. I did terrible in chemistry class. Now, had chemistry class been around testing wine and beer and you know spirits, uh, I, I it may have clicked a little better. You know, instead of learning the periodic table and you know, all that stuff. <laughs> well, I like to ask everybody, I don't know why, where the, this just came from like a random thing, but I like to ask everybody how you would describe your relationship with wine in seven words or less. Seven words or less. I don't know where that came from. It's just random, but. Mm. Well, the first word that comes to mind is livelihood. I mean, yeah, that's good. That's what I, I come here and do, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Five days a week, you know, um, I don't know. I, I think livelihood is the only that's word good. I can come that's up perfect. with. There's no wrong answers. No. That's and what we people. this is more than seven words, but, um, you know, I've been out of college now for almost 25 <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> And this is the first job I've ever had to where over time, you know, I haven't got to that point where I'm like, oh, I really don't want to go to work today. Like, I enjoy coming to work every day. I, you know, I like opening the gate, coming in when it's quiet, opening it up. And it's like, all right, here we go. You know, so, very few people that can say that. Anymore, yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I honestly, I only worked here part-time and it's been a couple of years since I've worked here, but I worked here for seven years part-time. So I know JP fairly well. And even nights that I would leave, you know, with the crew at 11 or midnight or whatever, like it still was like, you were hot and sweaty and like <laughs> exhausted, but it's the people and it's beautiful out here. Mm -hmm. And um, I miss it. I really do. But, yeah. Um, and I, JP, I always appreciate you. JP will sometimes send me like little wine things. They're like, Hey, I just saw this product. You might be interested in this. Yeah. Like you should try this. And so I appreciate that. And I'm glad we're still connected. And yeah. uh, we really appreciate you uh, doing this for us. And yeah, it's been is, fun. It's well, been a pleasure. It really has. Yeah. Well, likewise. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out and thanks for helping Helping everybody sell some wine. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> beating down your doors now. <laughs> Let's hope so. We'll be meeting you in the mornings when you sit here by yourself <laughs> to open the gate. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all you uncorked gals and guys. We have an exciting opportunity for you. We would love for you to join us to celebrate the launch of our podcast on Wine Wednesday, 
September 6th from 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. This will be held at the Sobro Spirits Fine Wine Room. Come help us celebrate with wine tastings, chef-prepared food, and meet our first podcast interviewee, Chris Wildeman, who will be pouring up South African wines to taste. Yum. Mm. You can even grab yourself some official Wine Girls Uncork swag while sipping. Find the event on our Facebook page or Eventbrite under an Uncork Stravaganza and contact us for a special listener discount code. See you there. <laughs> I know I, I see these trips all the time and I'm like one of these days when the kids are older, like Tori and I are going. Yes. Can't wait. Uh, Italy, Spain, Portugal, all, all of them. Australia, New Zealand, yeah. South Africa, Germany. We'll, we'll get them all. Longer so that you can go. <laughs> yeah. Ricky and her husband too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get it together. <laughs> yeah, since we've had kids, we don't get to travel a whole lot. But uh, before that, um, we barely get to go out for dinner. <laughs> we 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 barely get to leave the county. Yeah. We're 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 between Greenwood and Bargersville. Yeah. That's about it. But we before that we did. Tori and I actually went to New Zealand and we got to oh, wow. tour the Marlboro region there. So oh, yeah, I didn't know that. That yeah, was that was uh, you know New Zealand's big on Sauvignon Blanc. That was probably the wine where it was like, oh, I like wine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's good to know. So I'm a little snooty when it comes to my Sauvignon Blanc. It needs to come from New Zealand. Yeah. I'll remember that. I'll bring you a bottle next time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one of the other things, too, like just trying more wines over the years. I Very specific. You know, my Sauvignon Blanc has to come from New Zealand. My Zinfandel needs to come from Lodi, California. Old Vine. Like so, but that's just me. I I tell people now all the time, you know, because they'll ask for pairings or whatever. I'm like, drink whatever you like. If that's, you, our, that's like our one of our mottos. Yeah. What you like? If you want to put ice cubes in your cab, do it. Yeah, you know, exactly. so. you're like our people. <laughs> so. We're trying to make wine wine drinking like educational, but not fancy. Like, yeah. drink what you like. It's your money that you're spending on it. That's yeah. what we tell people. Yeah. 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 There are no wrong answers. But I guess also, too, being here and seeing the process from January when we start pruning to, you know, August, September, October when we're harvesting, seeing the entire process. Like when you do buy a bottle of wine, you know, you wonder what the those winemakers went through, you know, on their end. So Yeah. Which is why you need to go on a wine trip <laughs> just to see if yeah. you're, you know, yeah. doing it all the right ways. <laughs> I mean, the same ways, the same, yeah. not the right. Well, I did. I remember watching an interview with somebody on TV once and they were talking about winemaking and they said that there's no wrong way to make wine. And I'm like, there really is. Like there really is. Right? Like, <laughs> there can yeah. be. Some, I've had some bad ones out there and maybe bad's not the word. Maybe it's just it didn't, you know, suit my palate. There's definitely probably more wines out there I wouldn't drink than I would. So, but again, maybe that's just the snootiness in my my palate. <laughs> I don't nothing about you says snooty. <laughs> but I try to keep that to myself, and I just drink what I like. I want everybody else to drink what they like. So. Well, I'm definitely gonna have to go try uh, the one that you're proud of currently. Corona Noir Rosé. Yes, it turned out almost red. We were a little surprised because those the the juice only sat on the skins for 24 hours, 
we crushed it. We let it sit. The next day we came in and pressed it and we're like, wow, that's a really red rosé. So, but it, it looks great in the bottle good. and it tastes good. <laughs> Even better. Well, JP, again, we thank you for your time. This was great. Well, thank you guys for coming. Yeah. You're about to be podcast famous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good thing I'm out the next couple days, and then paparazzi won't know where I'm at. Don't answer your phone. Hey, all you... Hey, all you wine lovers. Stick around for Uncorked. Today, we are going to be playing some interviews from people we met at Hairbangers Ball from Mallow Run Winery. Also, a couple clips uh, from talking to people we ran into at the Uncorked event uh, downtown Indianapolis this summer. Hope you enjoy. I got this song. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, so, what does so the wine Yeah, guy what, what's your like? alternate name? What does the wine guy sound like? Yeah. Well, like... Do you have any cheese and crackers? And do you have any, like, what, what kind of grapes do you have? Are they shipped in from California? Hold on, you had cheese and crackers tonight. I had cheese yeah, and that's crackers. that's questionable. It was a man's charcuterie. It sure was. From, from, uh, from Kroger, and they were uh, crab slices. So it wasn't really... That's uh, crab, not crab. <laughs> Well, I'm going to get the crabs later. <laughs> you better delete this one, You better go ahead and delete this one. Oh! Your name's not associated with it? You're going to kill it now. I'm gonna shut my mouth and crabs was associated with my name. And because, because, because you know what? I'm uh I'm outside my statue limitations on that anyway. <laughs> Alright, hi guys. Welcome hey. to Uncorked hey. Indiana Wine Festival. Hey! How are we doing? What, how long are you out here today? Oh, man. Okay. Is it open? <laughs> are you, uh, got some favorite wines yet? Buck Creek. Buck Creek is where we, where we go, or where we know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Are we drinking, uh... I don't know. You don't know what you're doing today? Yeah, as of now, that's right, that's it. Yeah. We, 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 we just sipped on something that was yeah, with it. Tremonade. Tremonade from, I cannot tell you. Yeah, we're just yeah, we'll check it out. I'll be uh, so, 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 so,
if y'all ever need us to come hang out with y'all. Always. Stay tuned for our next podcast dropping on Friday, September 15th. Guys, Becky and I hope you really enjoyed this podcast. And we really hope to see all of you on September 6th at our Uncorked Extravaganza at Sobro Spirits. Please like and share on social media. That would be Instagram and Facebook. Hey, and give us some feedback on our podcast. What do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear less of? Where do you think we should pop up next for interviews? 